Hey, what's going on, everybody? Jesse Paul Smith with My Creative District Podcast. Super excited for this conversation. I sit down with Biddle Music talking about how he went from starting in the music business at, you know, young age 13 and the grind that he put in to go from unknown to 1.5 million followers on TikTok in six weeks. We talk everything from collaborations to understanding a platform so that you can go viral and what you need to do to make sure you're successful after you go viral. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. All right, I'm going to welcome Biddle to the stage. What's good, man? Good to have you on here. Good to be here, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man. I was excited when uh, you and I bumped into each other on Clubhouse. First of all, big, big Clubhouse push right now. If you're not on Clubhouse, you're sleeping. But uh, you were on a, a stage in Clubhouse and I heard Milwaukee. I was like, hey, this is a dude from my, my neck of the woods. And so um, have, you, have you always been a, a Milwaukee guy? Is that where you're born and raised? Uh, yeah, born and raised. Um... When I, after I graduated high school, went to the University of Minnesota, uh, Twin Cities, go Gophers, you know. Uh, but then, yeah, I stayed out there for another three-ish, three to four years after I graduated and then uh, came back to Milwaukee, yeah. Okay, okay. And so, you know, for, for those that tuning in, you know, Biddle's got some game when it comes to the music and music industry and and the, the hip hop game, all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about that here in a minute, but I, I want to kind of like put some context in for our guests. Like was music something that you always wanted to do? Was it something that you were like ever since you were a little kid or when did that whole journey start for you? Yeah. So there was a lot of back and forth for sure. So, you know, like we talked about a little earlier before it started, um, I had some friends. So I had, you know, I lived in this neighborhood when I was like 13, 14. Um, and like all the kids that lived there were uh, were pretty close. We, you know, played outside together a lot and um, everything from kickball to football, basketball, tag, like everything. And sometimes when we just, you know, just wanted to hang out and chill, um, one of those friends had a stereo system um, and would play music, uh, everything from like, you know, actual songs to instrumentals and beats. And another one of our friends in the group was getting into like, I think he was getting into rapping and like freestyling and he would always like just rap over them. I didn't know how serious he was about it personally at the time, but, um, you know, like fast forward all this time later, he actually does music now and he's pretty successful. But uh, that kind of got me intrigued just in the, just, you know, how he did it and how my friend was finding like the beats to these songs without the vocals. That was my first time hearing like instrumental tracks. 
And I was just like, yo, where do you get them from? And he was just like LimeWire. So kind of dating myself, but um, I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's dope. So I went and I, I typed in some of these beats and typed instrumental after it, like he instructed me to. And I found some beats. So I downloaded them. I listened to them. And before I even thought about rapping, I just thought it was so cool that I could hear different uh, instruments in the beats that I wasn't hearing when I would listen to the full, like the actual song. Um, so I thought that was cool. And then over time, like, I don't know, maybe a few weeks or a month, um, I, I just decided to take a stab at writing to one of them. So I did. Um, I wrote a freestyle to Lil Wayne's Hit Him Up off the Carter 2. And um, I was like, yo, this is, I thought it was just the, the most fire thing I've ever done in my life. And I was like, yo, I got to get this recorded somehow. So I asked my dad if he could buy me a, like a super cheap microphone for like, your desktop when you used to like speak on Skype. Um, so I got that and I plugged it into the computer and downloaded like this free program audacity. I think everybody starts there and, um, yeah, I recorded and it, I'm pretty sure it sounded terrible, but, uh, I loved it. It just hearing my voice to the, to the music. Um, and the first thing I did was put it on my MySpace page and like all my friends from middle school were just like, yo, this is crazy. Like what? Shout and, out to um, MySpace. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, you know, I started there. And then after that, you know, I just, I, I kept making songs and, um, you know, eventually got to the point where I'm at now. So I'm curious when you recorded that first song, did you get like, did you get like a lot of praise from people? Did you get hate from people? Like what was kind of the reaction you got when you started sharing your music? Yeah, I want to say at first it was definitely all praise or at least that's what all i can remember um there wasn't a lot because again like it, i nobody knew i made music i didn't have like a, a huge um like friend circle or anything like that so the people that did see it were like oh this is kind of cool and like back then not everybody if everybody was trying to become a rapper not everybody had like the means to record like not you know it just wasn't as common so um yeah, I might have been like the first in like my friend group to put out like raps or, you know, stuff like that. So, but yeah, it was definitely all praise when it first started. So were you more focused at that point? Were you more focused on like just creating more music or did you focus on getting other people to know you were making music? What was kind of your focus once you started, you know, once you got that first release? Yeah, it was, it was definitely just making more stuff. Um, so I think at the time, because uh, I, I started like really making music um, like the summer going into high school. So that first like couple years of high school, um, the like the marketing or the rollout of your songs or your freestyles or whatever really just consisted of uh, putting a like making one of those videos where you just have like a static picture and then you have the song in the background. Um and then posting that on Facebook and tagging all your friends. Like that was my, that was my platform. And it works. Cause I had like back then, like you would just add anybody just so that you could get like a bunch of likes on your pictures and your posts and all that stuff. So I had all these friends that I didn't even know, but they would check out my stuff. And um, yeah, you know, I, I would, uh, I would do it for, for myself, you know, because I liked it, but then also like I, I liked the positive feedback that I got and it was really just, you know, kind of affirming what I had believed is that like, I, I thought I had something and I was pretty decent at it. And I got a lot of positive feedback. So like, you know, somebody developing in high school, like that's pretty important. So 
but yeah, that's pretty much all it consisted of. I think, you know, I, I don't know when I made a SoundCloud, but I know it was in high school at some point and I would, I posted on there maybe a few times. Um, but yeah, it was, it was predominantly Facebook when I was in high school. So just curious because obviously you've been doing this now for a number of years, over a decade. And, you know, what do you see commonly people make mistakes on when it comes to creating their own stuff and getting it out there? I think the big thing is that people don't realize that the creation is like, I don't know what percentage to put on it, but it's very small. Like maybe even like 1% of the 90 in the 99 is like the marketing because it's, it's kind of like that, the adage, you know, like the tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it doesn't make a sound kind of thing. And it's, I feel like maybe on certain platforms, it might've been a little easier back in the day um, to put something out and then, you know, organic reach to do its thing. But I mean, I, I can't even say that because now we have TikTok and, you know, there's a, there's a huge organic push on there if you want to like dive into marketing speak. But I think that's the number one thing is the fact that like people, they spend so much time and, and uh, like even resources, the people that have the money to make this, you know, work, whether it's a, a song, a song in a music video, a project, like whatever it is, but they don't spend like not even equal or even half sometimes of that same time and, you know, resource to market it and promote it. And that's, that's how people are going to see it. You know, um, people outside of whoever checks out your post right now, you know, and then like they get frustrated. I'm like, well, you didn't, you didn't promote it. Like, what do you expect? You know? So that's one thing I see a lot. Now, when you're talking about promotion, you know, even just from an organic standpoint, right? Like how do, you know, what is, what are some of your, or what are some of your strategies when it comes to like organic reach and just getting people to know about who you are? Because to your point, like you can create the most fire track out there, but if nobody knows it exists, it doesn't exist. Right. So how are you now either yourself or no strategies of how somebody with very little following can go out and start building an organic audience that actually enjoys their stuff? The, the number one thing that I tell people to do is to understand and try to figure out TikTok. As far as like social media platforms go, TikTok is number one in like organic traffic, meaning, you know, putting something out there and people that don't follow you will find it. And it's because of how it's built and like the for you page and all that good stuff. But um, that's where all my traction came from, like all my serious traction, I want to say, because I mean, I had like... I might have had like a, almost 2,000 followers on Instagram and like I did have 2,000 followers on TikTok before like I went viral. But a lot of that was consisted of people that I had met at some point or friends, family, like, you know, just separated by not that many degrees. But when I started to just get people that had no idea who I was and to just, you know, they just, they saw my stuff and it was like instant support, instant like fans. Um, it was definitely TikTok and it was uh, achieved by spending time on a platform and just trying to understand it. Cause I'll like, I'll, people will ask me, you know, specifically artists, um, I'll tell them TikTok and then they'll go and they'll post stuff that they've posted on Instagram or other platforms on TikTok in that same format. And I'm like, no, you actually have to spend time and, um, you know, speak the language. It's like going up to somebody that doesn't speak English and start speaking English. Like they're not going to regardless of your intent, they're just not going to get it. So. Yeah. And I mean, 
I mean, you're talking from experience. You got 1.5 million followers on TikTok. Um, I, I do kind of want to go back a little bit though, because yes, you've had success on TikTok now, but how long have you been in the game, brother? <laughs> like, you yeah, know, like- <laughs> it, did, it didn't happen overnight, right? And I think the other thing, and I, I want to get into this here in a second is, just because you go viral doesn't mean the audience sticks, right? Um, because you have to continue to deliver content that is somewhat quality that they want to stick around for, but you spent a, over a decade getting good at getting, you know, at putting together good content music that people want to stick around for. What, what do you think has been your big takeaway for the last 10 years on creating content that sticks? I would say my my biggest takeaway is probably the fact that being yourself is um, more powerful than people realize. You know, I guess when you're speaking to people like outside, when you're outside of your craft and you're not like, you know, just consumed with whatever your goals are for that, for, you know, that thing. And when you're just having conversation and you can even just think about like meme culture, like the fact that meme, like certain memes work and that these things can go viral and, and these posts can just, you know, achieve so many likes and retweets and whatever. It's because the human experience is like a whole lot more common than we think, you know, like everybody likes to think of themselves as these individuals with these completely unique experiences. And like, while the combination of experiences like might constitute somebody's life, we have a lot of things in common. And I think that people, when they're trying to make content that relates, well, that's what, I mean, that's what you should be trying to do. When thinking about like, oh, I, I got to be relatable. I don't know. They, they stray away from their truth sometimes. They, they might like say things or portray things that people want to see or hear. And as opposed to just going into their own, you know, story. Because like what's, what's great about, um, something like TikTok or, you know, any platform with really great organic traffic is you can put the the thing out there, the song, the video, the joke, the whatever. It's going to find, like, who resonates with that? It'll find its audience or that audience, you know what I mean? Like, the results will happen, like, in real time. And then you'll start to find that audience. So, but it all starts with being, like, true to you and who you are. Otherwise, you're going to be playing this, some character that you created. Yeah, I think, I mean, and I know this to be true just from being a performer myself. Sometimes we take a look at the artists or whoever that we, you know, we admire or idolize or whatever, and we try to make our content like the stuff they put out, right? And so we're trying to be another version of them and it falls flat because there's never going to be another version of you that's as good as you. And so did you, do you feel like you learned that early on or did it take you a while? Were you somebody that always created like that, content or music that was true to you? Or do you feel like you had that journey yourself of kind of mimicking the people that you admired? Yeah, well, I mean, you got to start somewhere. So like, I definitely at 14, 15 years old, I definitely didn't know all this stuff. So uh, yeah, I mean, I rapped like everybody from like Soulja Boy to like Lil Wayne. um, Because, you know, that's when Lil Wayne was going on his like crazy mixtape run. So I rapped like some of my favorites and then over time, you know, um, probably it was a combination of like just me evolving as a person and like feedback that I was getting from other people. I slowly started to um, transform into who I am now and started to talk about things that uh, 
you know, that that resonated with, you know, me and like we're actually true to like my actual life. But yeah, you, I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So I want to kind of go to kind of fast forward a little bit to your, your TikTok journey because it's been crazy, right? I mean, that's where you found your platform to really get your distribution out there and to start getting people to find out who you are. Well, first of all, let me ask, how long were you on TikTok before you would say you got real traction as far as growing organically with your, with your audience? Yeah, it was about uh, like eight months ish, eight, nine months or so. I think I made the, I think I made it in like August, like August, September ish of uh, 2019. And then my first viral video was like at the end of June. So Okay. So you were almost, you were almost on there for an entire year, almost before you even went viral. And now you talked about really studying the platform and understanding its language. Um, Cause I think a lot of people take a look and they'll like watch obviously videos or whatever, like now you got Instagram reels, right? So they're watching all this content. What's the difference between consuming content and really getting to under, understand the platform? Yeah, so you want to be as you want to pay as much attention to detail as possible. So I mean that consists of like man, like you could really you could really get really granular. You can talk about like okay, what is this person doing in the first like 2 to 3 seconds, maybe even second. Like you know, sometimes the hook is like that quick, but you know when breaking down a video, it's like what's happening in the very beginning that's intriguing the audience or me enough to want to watch the rest of this thing, you know? If it's a music thing, right? Is it, uh, are they playing off of a, a a trending song at the time? Like you hear the song and it's like, oh, like, is this person about to do a cover or are they about to do a remix? Or do they just start right away with their voice? Like, is it a singer? And like the first second is like them hitting this crazy note or it's just them hitting a note at all and you love the tone of their voice, you know? So you're thinking about like the introduction, and then you're thinking about like, okay, but how is it being presented? Is it like one camera angle the entire time? Is it a bunch of jump cuts? Like what's keeping my attention? And then, uh, I mean, like, you know, sometimes videos have like calls to action. Like they'll say, you know, they'll, in some way, shape or form, they'll get you to stream their music or um, whether it's saying like stream my music or like they they put some purpose behind it. Like help me help my mother do you know like something like that just some kind of uh whatever sometimes they'll play the sympathy card um yeah so it's i mean you know really breaking down the video um looking at like the comment section and seeing like how people engage you know like what kind of things are being said or like you know sometimes like in my friend's uh videos for example he'll he'll do these uh like let's start a, a bro chain or a whatever chain. And basically what that is, is him saying bro. And then everybody else commenting bro underneath their comment. Like they don't, people don't do that on Facebook or on YouTube. You know what I mean? So um, that's like a platform specific thing. And uh, yeah, just, just, you know, everything from the video to like everything outside of the video, just really getting an understanding of how, uh, like what content works and then how people engage with it. So let's talk about your journey because again, you create this, you create this TikTok account in August of 19. Uh, you're putting out content. Now, first of all, how often were you putting out content? So when I first started, uh, it might've been like three to four times a week. And then there was this one, there was like a couple of weeks where it was like once a day. And then like, I got discouraged because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, 
and then it went, you know, I, I posted maybe a few times, like a month, like it, it varied. It kind of went everywhere. Was there, so you got discouraged and which I think a lot of people get discouraged, right? They don't see, they don't see the results. Um, and I think that's kind of like, even, even with anything, I think the importance of doing, doing it for the reason to create versus the result, right? I just want to create because this is my outlet versus if I don't get 10,000 likes, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Now there's a fine line between wanting to learn how to do it better and, and, you know, doing it for, uh, you know, doing it for the results. But like, when did you start to kind of feel like, okay, I noticed if I do this, I get a better engagement or when did you start to feel like you were kind of figuring out small nuances that were increasing your results a little bit? I, so I had a digital, like a friend that was a digital marketer and um, he was the one that like urged me to get on the platform in August. Um, so I did it and then, you know, I kind of fell off and then I think we reconnected like back in the winter time, like maybe December, January, you know, like he basically introduced me to another friend of his who was also in marketing, but he specialized in TikTok. So he kind of taught me like, you know, how to analyze videos and like all the good stuff, like how to really dig down and figure out TikTok for the most part. So after that, like boot camp in a sense, um, in June, I was like analyzing my niche or my area. And I found that at the time, one of the video formats that was really doing well was they would do a remix, but the skit would be like, you know, if I had a feature on, you know, X's song or X's, you know, or if I had a verse on this song and, you know, what would happen in the skit is somebody would like walk in the door, which is like the, you know, the studio, and then they would play the other person. And then, you know, they'd be like, hey, can I get a verse? And then they would be the other artist or whatever. And they'd be like, oh yeah, sure, hop in. And then it would just be uh, scenes back and forth of, you know, the person rapping and then the other person reacting. So I did one of those and um, I got like 10,000 views, which was pretty dope at the time. Uh, Cause I had been getting like maybe a thousand on a good day or on a good post. And I was like, okay, this is working, but it didn't quite take off like other people's. So it might've been because of the verse, but then it also might've been because literally everybody's doing this. So I was just like, okay, how can I maximize this, this uh, format? Um, and I came up with two things. Number one, using songs or remixing songs that were hot and trending on the platform at the moment, because the song that I did remix it, it was, people were talking about it, but they were talking about it like on Twitter and other platforms, not so much TikTok. So, um, I was like, okay, I got to find something that's, that's popping on this platform. But then number two, I had to change up the, the format just a little bit or like that story or that skit. And I was like, well, what if the guy like tries to sneak in as opposed to, you know, just walking in, you know, cause so then that changes the dynamic of the relationship and like a lot of, you can sneak in in a lot of ways and then the guy could react in a lot of different ways. So I was like, hey, let me just give that a shot. It's a little different. Um, you know, who knows? We'll see. So, uh, yeah. So then end of June, I posted a remix to Jack Harlow's what's popping because, um, I posted on a Monday that Friday, the previous Friday had came out. So all weekend, everybody on TikTok was like, they were like ranking the verses and everybody was just talking about this song. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is definitely the one. So Monday comes around, I record the remix, uh, I do the skit and 
Yeah, it blew up. It got, um, I think at the height around that time, it got like two to three million. Yeah. And yeah. then it, it blew that up video again a little later. 9.7 million now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, uh, somebody took it and they made a, a skit to it in um, August, like mid-August or something like that. So then it kind of like blew up and it had like another resurgence. And that was, that was crazy. Now, you know, what you're talking about is understanding what's trending, you're understanding, you're utilizing the platforms of other things that are trending to kind of, you know, not losing yourself in the mix. This is a, this is a perfect example of understanding who you are and blending it with what's popular or what's trending. And, and you know, um, it's, it's a smart play. And, 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 and I think we as creators need to think along the lines of how does my strengths match with, you know, what's, what's working right now and not try to change who we are, but, you know, capitalize on who we are through what's already working. And you did a brilliant job of that. But I mean, you had to test it out. You, it wasn't like, oh, I know this is going to work, right? It was like, let's test this, let's test this, let's test it. But I want to talk a little bit about going viral because I think so many people think that's like the ticket. What did you learn from going viral from a business standpoint? Because just because you went viral, you aren't a millionaire just because you went viral, right? You're, you, don't have, you don't have a platinum record just because you went viral, right? So what were some of the things that you learned that maybe you didn't realize prior to going viral? I think the biggest thing that I learned was that like what you go viral for definitely um, it directly impacts like your results. So prior to this, like going back to September, October, September, October, I kind of, I went like mini viral. Like I got like a quarter of a million views on this one video where uh, there was this trend where you were kind of like doing like these archetypes or whatever. And mine was like the unsigned or independent rapper or local rapper, something like that. And you like post all these uh, uh, attributes of like them, you know, on the side of the video. And, you know, people were just like, oh, so true, blah, 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 whatever. But I mean, that only got me to like 600 followers just because of the nature of the video. So, you know, fast forward to going viral for these remixes. Um, it did result in, you know, attention to my <clears throat> my SoundCloud, my or my, not my SoundCloud, my Spotify, my, um, you know, my other social platforms because people just want to consume more. But some of the things that weren't in place, for example, like when the, the what's popping thing went you know, viral and everybody started using that sound in all their skits on Instagram and like everywhere, nobody knew it was me. I made a video um, when it uh, like kind of snowballed and when it became like the number one hashtag and like I clicked into it and I was like, oh, snap, they're using my sound like that's super dope. Um, but people still didn't like know it was, you know, me. I can walk around the street and probably encounter a bunch of people that have heard that sound before, like that was popping. Don't mind me just watch and like maybe have made some of those videos themselves, but didn't know that it was me. Cause yeah, that was around the time I did like one of my last remixes. Cause I was kind of, part of me was getting sick of it. And part of me was starting to realize that with this model, I have to keep going viral in order for the, you know, the results to um, main, to be maintained like on my Spotify and like growth everywhere else. So I just, uh, I learned that it wasn't um, going viral alone, like gets you the, the attention, you know, at like a very uh, rapid pace, but then what you do with it 
is, uh, you know, what's going to set you up for the future. So how did you, once you started learning that, how did you start using one, two, I think it's two questions. How did you start using the virality of your videos to start filtering people into your Spotify or, you know, what it was that you wanted them to buy or consume or whatever it is that, you know, you're ultimately wanting your audience to do, right? And, and how did you shift? And, and in doing so, how did you help them realize that you're not just the remix guy? Yeah. So that's uh, something that I'm actually like trying to do, like literally right now, because at the time, um, you know, I was making these remixes and I didn't know when the series was going to come to a close. And I, I might still do them a little, you know, a little later on. But I was just getting, I was getting sick of, you know, like you were saying, being seen as like the remix guy or like, I didn't want people, <laughs> I kind of felt like a jukebox. People were like, could you do this song next or do this one? And I was just like, nah, man, like, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm about. Like, that was really to just get your attention and to let you know that I can do this, you know? So I just completely shifted my content and I'm still really like in that discovery phase right now where I'm switching from like performing in my videos, uh, you know, shifting from that to like telling stories. And I've found that for artists, um, getting one of, and it might seem kind of, uh, you know, like common sense, but getting one of your songs and not necessarily a video, getting one of your songs to, to pop on the platform is like the, the growth is like exponential. Like, cause of, you know, you think of, if you want to break down the numbers, like my most viewed video has like 18 million views. And like, that's, that's great. That's huge. Never saw that coming. And in Spotify, like that kind of translated to like maybe five days in a row where my streams were between like 55 and 65,000 a day, which was like pretty huge for me. But then I think about these other, you know, these other artists that have had songs pop on TikTok and their results have just like exponentially been more than me. And not to like compare in the sense that like they're better than me, but just thinking of what would be more worth my while. And it was because I don't, I don't know what you consider a song going viral or a sound going viral on TikTok is, but let's say like a hundred thousand views on like the very low end. If each of those views got like, or if each of those videos got, you know, like a thousand views, that's like a billion views or a billion listens to your song, you know? And it just, and not only is it uh, more views, it's spread out over more time because not all these videos are being made on the same day. Like these videos might get made over a course of a couple, like a month or so or a couple months. So that whole process, like it's usually like a, like a bell curve. Like it, it, take, it starts off like this, it pops, and then it kind of trails off. But that happens like 100,000 times for all these different videos. So it's just, yeah, it's just way better. So now let me ask you this. If somebody came to you right now and said, what was the one thing that you wish you had set up or ready prior to going viral that you didn't, what would that be? Definitely more music. Yeah. I didn't have uh, nearly enough music on my, uh, on my Spotify. I had, I mean, I think I was at like maybe 20 songs, but I don't know. I just felt like that wasn't enough and it wasn't the most recent music either half of over half of it was a project from 2018 so i don't know maybe people looked and thought okay maybe he's not the most active or maybe they didn't want to go back that far so yeah definitely wish i had more music so 
now that I know it's kind of interesting because we're having this conversation. We met on Clubhouse and I did some research on your Instagram and your, your TikTok and stuff. But going back to that Jack Harlow video, I do know that I, I'm terrible because I don't follow everybody that I like their video, right? Dude, I totally remember that, that video now that I'm seeing. I'm like, oh, that's the guy because I, I remember being, wow, this is a unique spin on this song. But I'm curious, what opportunities has it opened up for you that you never thought would come from just this organic reach on TikTok? Yeah. Well, you know, brand deals, just working with some really cool brands that, you know, I didn't, you know, think about I was going to end up working with them so soon or like I didn't think that a brand in this area would want to, you know, collaborate with me in any sort of of way. Um, Brand deals. uh, I think getting like just having the following and, and getting verified, I've I've definitely used that to its advantage. Um, people seem to freak out a little when you comment on their post or you follow them or, you know, stuff like that. So I'll do that whenever I want to, you know, get in touch with certain people. Um, I know that uh, it, it sticks out a little bit in their inbox or in the notifications, like seeing that verified check next to my comment or stuff like that. So um, I use that for networking purposes. I mean, I think the the biggest thing probably is that it's it's given me um, the means to provide for you know myself and my family without having to go to to work, so I can focus more on you know making the music. I had a job when I um, I had a job up until actually I don't remember which video it was, but it was the end of July. So like any video after July. Um, I had, you know, I was doing music full time, but yeah. So those, those first, like maybe four or five, I had a job. So I would, I'd, I'd get home from work. And since it was so time sensitive uh, with using the trending sounds and whatnot, I had to do the entire thing, like right after I got off of work and after I got done working out and everything. So it was like a really, it wasn't rushed, but it was, uh, I, I had to fit it into a certain amount of time. And, uh, it all worked out, but I'd say that was the biggest thing for sure. Just that, that freedom that I have now. So collaborations, they're huge, right? Yeah. Who's somebody right now that you're, you're eyeing to collaborate with, um, on social media, if you can. I don't, I don't know. Like it's, I don't, it's weird. Like people, people always, you know, suggest people to me like, man, you should, you and -and so-and-so should collab and blah, blah, blah. But I'm, I'm really just about like having an organic connection with somebody before we go ahead and do that. Like, I don't know. It might be because of people like reaching out to random people reaching out to me and like, no matter how much love they might give me in that, in that message. um, It's just really weird when somebody comes with the ask first. So I'm just like, yes, facts, you know? Yeah. And it's, (laughs) I feel like the more you know somebody, because like with music, I, I really do, I don't know, I, I convey different kind of messages with my music. It's not just like, you know, it's not just words with no meaning or purpose. So I I really have to like know somebody before I can uh, request some kind of uh, collaboration because I need to know like how, who they are and like, would they be, the, are they the right person to to um, convey this message on this song with me? I, I I'm really particular about things like that that's why i mean i i really don't have many collaborations under my belt now um even though it's such a it's a a really powerful way to um you know cross pollinate and and build your audience and everything but 
it's got to be right. It can't just be in the name of expanding your following, you know? I'm so, I'm, I'm actually so glad to hear you say this. Like I, we could geek out about this conversation for so long, make it about the relationship before you make it about the result. Um, and, and, you know, uh, one of, I don't know, do you know who Mark Brazel is? One of the partners of Iconic. Um, they're, a, they're an art gallery. They do a ton of stuff. So I got to hang out with him at a conference and he and I talked a lot about, um, just this, his philosophy on making deposits he is a huge person in making sure that I'm going to show up and I'm going to give you a crap ton of value. If I know, for instance, he, you know, at the other, at the conference where there's another guy, Dan Fleischman, who's killing it on clubhouse right now. Um, he's an angel investor, young dude, but just crushing it. Right. Um, he was like me and Dan have been at conferences like crazy. And I know I want to do some work with him. But we have been to going to the same conferences for the last 14 months. I've never once even hinted at the fact that I want to do business with him because I just want to make sure that I'm showing up and just giving him as much value as I possibly can to show him that I'm in the real deal. Like I want to build this long-term relationship with you so that way when the ask does organically show up, it sticks. And I love what you're talking about because there is so many people that are sliding into people's DMs right now. Oh man, we should do some work together and blah, 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 blah. And there's just no relationship there to make that collaboration actually hit. And uh, I think there's got to be a lot of synergy. So I love, I don't hear that too often from artists. So big props to you for that because I think that's kind of an undervalued value um, that a lot of people in this social media culture that we live in, everybody's sliding into people's DMs. Hey, yo, we need to work together. They just don't work good that way. Yeah, I agree. And it, it takes away from the, the story. Like, I don't know if you see yourself being a successful, you know, artist with, you know, having interviews and whatnot. One of the coolest things is, are the, the stories behind how these things happen. Like, so how did you and, you know, so-and-so hook up on a track together? And then it's like, oh man, like you wouldn't believe, you know, it just, if you just say, man, I, I shot a DM out, then it's like, that was great. Like that cool story, bro. You know, but it's not, it's, it's so much better when there's like history and, and it, it just like makes sense, you know, like it, it, it really does bring everything full circle. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's this whole thing. So many people, I hope to collaborate with so-and-so because that's going to be the thing that's going to take me off or that's going to be the thing that's going to make me blow up. Right. And so you're really using that person for the wrong reason. And one of the things is, is that if you are waiting for somebody else to make your career, your big break, your, you know, your business, you're putting your business in the wrong hands. Um, it's not until you own it and say, nah, this, you know, I blew up because of me now it affords me the opportunity to be on platforms with people that have a bigger following. Sure. But I'm not wanting to collaborate with that person because I want to dip into the 9 million followers they have. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a result, but it's like, yo, your music is dope. My music is dope. I think we'd have dope synergy, you know, on and off the stage. Let's make something happen. I think there's just a lot more value overall, not only to the project, but for those that are consuming the content too, I think it's just, it's overall better content. 
So, uh, man, dude, this has been an awesome conversation. I think that we could probably dive into a lot of things uh, for a long, long period of time. I would love to. I would love to bring you on again um, at some point once you've done some some more releases and and uh, hear about how your journey has progressed with some of the strategies that you've been that you've been utilizing. But man, if people want to connect with you, they want to learn more about your music, about your story, where can they find you, man? Yeah. So, um, you know, first of all, I just want to say uh, I appreciate the opportunity again. This was dope. And uh, yeah, I'm on social media. Um, so I think just TikTok and Instagram is Biddle Music, B-I-D-D-L-3 Music. And then everywhere else. So, you know, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, it's all uh, Biddle. If you type in Biddle, B-I-D-D-L-3, you'll see the exact same profile picture. Um, it's, you know, me with a mask on, cartoonized, um, light blue background. Uh, that's all me. So That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, listen, man, this has been an absolute pleasure, uh, an honor to have you on the show. And uh, thanks for all the value you just dropped. I know a lot of people are going to uh, take a lot away from this uh, episode. So thanks. Man, yeah, thank you again for having me, bro. It was fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.